Hi, I'm Art Tomasetti, and welcome to our February edition of the Flight Test Safety Podcast. In this edition, we will cover what you can find in the February issue of the Flight Test Safety Fact, review upcoming events, and provide our monthly specialty topic. This month, the specialty topic is an interview with the president of the National Safety Council, Ms. Lorraine Martin. As always, we welcome your feedback and input for these podcasts. Please let us know what you think and what you might like to hear in a future podcast. You can provide comments via your podcast download site or email us directly at ftsc at flighttestsafety.org. That's Foxtrot Tango Sierra Charlie at flighttestsafety.org. The February issue of the Flight Test Safety Fact is now available. If you do not currently receive it, you can find it on the Flight Test Safety website at www.flighttestsafety.org and just click on News at the top of the webpage. In this month's issue, John Head, a member of the Flight Test Safety Committee Board of Directors and a flight test engineer for the FAA's Northwest Flight Test Section in Seattle, reminds us to put your own mask on first. The importance of not only knowing your oxygen system, but being proficient in using it. In the Chairman's Corner, Tom Huff begins priming the pump for the 2020 Flight Test Safety Workshop focused on safety promotion. Are you on LinkedIn? Did you know the Flight Test Safety Committee has a private LinkedIn group where you can ask questions or share safety ideas and best practices? Information on how to join is in this month's edition. And now here are some reminders for upcoming events. Remember that a complete list of all events for SCTP, SFTE, and AIAA can be found on those organizations' websites. Nominations for the Tony LeVere Flight Test Safety Award are due by March 30th. This award was established by the Flight Test Safety Committee to formally recognize a single individual or small group of individuals who, over some period of time, made a significant flight test safety contribution to a specific program, an organization, or the flight test community as a whole. Hotel registration is open for the Flight Test Safety Workshop, which takes place in Denver 5 through 7 May, with a focus on safety promotion. The 2020 AIAA Aviation and Aeronautics Forum and Exposition will take place 15 through 19 June in Reno, Nevada. The SFTE European Chapter Symposium Abstracts are due by March 15th. Registration is open for the following SCTP events. The 13th Annual Southeast Section Symposium taking place at the Doolittle Institute in Niceville, Florida on 21 February. The 50th Annual West Coast Symposium taking place 13 to 14 March at the Catamaran Resort Hotel and Spa in San Diego, California. The 36th Annual East Coast Section Symposium taking place 3 April at the Bay District Volunteer Fire Department in Lexington Park, Maryland. And additionally, SCTP is excited to announce the registration link is now available for the 2020 European Symposium in Hamburg, Germany, which takes place 3 to 6 June. Attendees are encouraged to book lodging early to ensure receiving the group rate. This month's focus topic is an interview with Ms. Lorraine Martin, President and CEO of the National Safety Council. You can find a link to her full bio in the podcast description. Lorraine has more than 35 years of experience in aerospace, including leading and developing global and international businesses as an executive at Lockheed Martin. 
Lorraine, thank you for taking a few minutes on the phone today to share your thoughts with our listeners. Well, Turbo, it's great to talk to you again. If you could start off by telling us a little bit about the National Safety Council and its mission. Yes, I have the honor now to be with the National Safety Council as its president and CEO, and it's an organization that was formed over 100 years ago as a nonprofit to really help address preventable injury and death in the United States. And for not only the workplaces in the United States, but for our families and for those who are out on the roadway, really looking at how do we make sure that they can live their fullest life. Um, We do that through all kinds of things such as research, education, advocacy, training, um, and our goal really is just to make sure that that safety awareness is there for everyone in the workplace. They can take it home with them to their families, and every day people come to work and they go home in the same condition, if not better, uh, so that they can do whatever they want to do that brings them joy. Great. So one of the challenges that any safety organization faces is communicating safety information to the people who need it. What are some of the ways you are trying to help get the word out, so to speak? Yeah, thank you for that. Um, we're, we're lucky enough to have over 15,000 member companies that are part of the National Safety Council. So they're often one of the first places we go to share information about best practices, about safety culture, about how to really um, put things into the way you do your work and your home life um, that can keep you safe. Um, We have also all kinds of uh, initiatives. We have Distracted Driving Month. We have uh, various kinds of months that are around uh, other kinds of safety in the workplace, opioids. Um, And we also have a bunch of toolkits, truthfully, and we use all of the digital media that I'm sure your organizations use as well to make sure we can get those out. We have toolkits to help with opioid um, uh, uh, recovery in the workplace, fatigue, um, driver safety, all of those kinds of things. And those toolkits can provide people all kinds of information about how to actually go implement safety pr- procedures and techniques, not just know what they are. Um, in addition to that, though, we hold the biggest safety conference in the country um, every year, and it has literally 15,000 safety folks who come together uh, to share and, and educate themselves. Um, the last year we had it in San Diego, and this year we're going to be in Indianapolis in October 4 through 7. And that's also just a great place for folks to get together, share what they're doing, for us to share uh, the research and information that we have. Um, But one of the areas that's really interesting, and if you haven't seen it, Turbo, it's worth looking at on our website, nsd.org, is called Injury Facts. And it's something that gets updated now fairly regularly. It used to be every six months, but now it's digital. And it can give you slice and dice every every way you want to look at it. What kinds of injuries and fatalities are happening in our world? by age group, by location, by industry, by incident itself. And it's really a great place to just go get information to know what's happening for us and then, of course, to build programs around that. Um, So those are some of the ways we get the information out. But I will tell you the most important thing to do when you're trying to get people to change behavior and change attitude is to storytell. And to storytell and bring to life, make it human, um, what really a safety culture and a safety approach can mean for for you, for your family, for your loved ones. And so we also have a group of, of advocates, survivor advocates, that help tell their stories about either surviving an issue, perhaps um, uh, having a, a challenge with, with opioid addiction and coming out the other side, or perhaps, uh, unfortunately, losing a loved one to distracted driving. And that storytelling and using their passion and, and in some cases, their, their sorrow to help others to action is also a really valuable way uh, to actually get people to change behavior 
um, and to change attitudes. I don't know if I answered your question, but those are some of the things that we use to bring it to bring it to life for folks. You did, Lauren, and that's that's great. And we will actually include uh, a link to the organization to nsc.org on the description of the podcast. So then a final question. So in your various leadership roles that you've had, what are some of the safety challenges that you faced and what have you learned from dealing with those challenges? Well, as you know, Turbo, I, I spent 35 years in the aerospace and defense industry because you and I got the chance to work together in some very exciting and, and for me, very memorable and uh, appreciative activities. So my, my learning and my leadership really comes from that world of very high consequence Maintenance, uh, manufacturing of actual products with people working at heights, with people flying aircraft and test flights, um, and also building products that we knew were going to put men and women potentially into harm's way and they needed to come back safely. So there was not only the, the need to be a leader that helped build a product safely, but then also ensure that that product operated safely for those that, that needed to depend on it. Um, a lot of the, the leadership lessons I learned around safety and the challenges of that is that you really do, as a leader, need to go where the work is being done. You need to see what you're asking your employees to do. You need to understand and ask them point blank, what do you need, not only to do your job, but to do it effectively, efficiently, and safely, and then take action. And for leaders that sometimes, you know, don't go down into really understanding, you know, where the action is for their employees, you can miss some of that if you're just looking at the data, if you're just looking at the facts and figures, um, and so that's one of the lessons I really did learn is you really don't know what you're asking your, your, your team to do until you can actually go look at, and look at it and, and be where they are. The other thing that I'd say that I have learned, and it, and it happened a lot on the programs that you and I worked on, is that the first root cause that you think caused your problem is not necessarily and usually is not the full set of the story that you need to understand to make sure that that thing that just happened for you and your team that was not good and hopefully wasn't a loss of life but could have been, um, is that you get to the real root cause. You continue to probe about how you could have prevented something from happening and not just prevent it the next this time, but prevent it any other time it might arise to really, truly mistake-proof uh, the situation that just happened for you. And a lot of teams, it's, you're just so concerned that something happened. You look for that first root cause. And you're so excited you found something, but it's it's not enough. And if you only fix that one thing, you very likely could have the same thing happen to you again. And I, I also um, also experienced that sometimes the, when you find something and you want to say, oh, we know how to fix it, that first fix feels like a hammer. <laughs> and you look at it and you say, oh, that's ugly. There's no way, you know, we're going to get ourselves to the other side of this. But if you just keep putting your smartest people on a problem, and you really want to get to the other side of something that you know could cause, you know, serious problems, you'll find more eloquent solutions. You'll find things that are actually implementable. And, and you just got to spend the time to keep pursuing it, keep asking the question, and keep enabling the, a diverse set of really smart people to bring you solutions because you're going to get to one that you can implement and you can ensure that that is, issue won't happen for you again. So those are some of the things that you know, I kind of learned along the way that you just got to keep in your back pocket when something presents to yourself again, um, that you do really need to, to have the best minds around you and you can't stop till you really know you've gotten to the to the bottom of the cause. Well, thank you, Lorraine. That's, that's great advice and great counsel, not only for leaders, but for, for everyone in general. 
so I wanted to thank you. I know you're, you're very busy and your schedule is very demanding. I wanted to thank you again for taking a few minutes to talk with our listeners. Uh, anything else you wanted to say before we wrap up? No, I enjoyed my time when you, when you took me out to that big foray with all of the test pilots that one time. And I will tell you, I have so much respect for your community and those that put themselves in aircraft or other vehicles so that we know that they can be done safely and that we can go do the things that we need to do around the world. Um, so just a huge note of gratitude to all of your community and uh, have a safe day. Thank you again, Lorraine. And remember to check out the National Safety Council's website at www.nsc.org. That'll wrap up our February edition of the Flight Test Safety Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. We look forward to your feedback and input. We also look forward to you joining us next month, where we will begin the first of our Man on the Street, or maybe better put, attendee at the symposium interviews. Until next time, be safe, be smart, be ready.